evening, everyone. We want to welcome you this uh, evening's broadcast here from the church. And uh, we've decided to start having a Sunday night service as well. Um, we're trying to get ready to get back into coming to church and, and um, looking forward to that. And so we're going to start having a service on Sunday night as well. And we do want to thank each one of you for watching and taking the time to listen. And, and uh, we do encourage you to um, let us know if we can help you. We've, mes we've mentioned it several times, but you can reach us through our church Facebook page. Um, you message us through there. You can call us. Um, uh, the church's number is 270-623-8890. Or you can come by. Uh, our address is 5152 State Route 384. And uh, this morning we had our first drive-in service. And we had a good, a good attendance here this morning. And we encourage everybody to be there if you can next Sunday morning at 11 o'clock. We're going to try to do the same uh, weather permitting. And uh, we just had a good time seeing everyone and uh, being together here at the church. But we're going to pray and ask the Lord to bless the service and that you pray with us. Father, we thank you for this evening. I thank you, Lord, for <coughs> allowing us this opportunity, Lord, to come to your house. And, Lord, we thank you that, Lord, you've given us the means and the technology that even though right now we are forced to be apart, that we can still be together, Lord, by the Internet and these different tools that you've provided. And I pray this evening, Lord, that you'd settle the hearts and the minds of those that are listening and watching. And Lord, that you'd allow them to focus for a little while on the things of God. And Lord, I pray that you'd encourage each and every one that watches. And I pray that you'd give them, Lord, exactly what they stand in need of. And Lord, we pray now that your spirit, Lord, would be present with us here. Uh, Lord, as we try to do your will. And we love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The ladies are going to sing a couple of songs. You pray for them tonight.
for heaven tonight and I'm thankful tonight that this world is not my home and uh, soon and very soon we're going to make it home um, for the children of God uh, heaven's not a it's not a uh, something we wish for or we hope for but it's our destiny we've been destined for heaven those that are saved and I thank the Lord for that I'm looking forward to that day when we'll all be reunited uh, with friends and family but more than that, we'll be reunited with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And uh, tonight, if heaven's not your home, I want to encourage you right now, wherever you are, get down on your knees and call on the Lord Jesus Christ because heaven can be your home. And uh, you can hear those words one day, welcome home. There's one thing that drives my life and motivates me is one day I want to see the Lord and I want to hear him say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And that's why we're preaching tonight. We're not preaching tonight uh, because of the crowd, because there's just a couple of us here. We're not preaching tonight because of uh, it's popular and uh, it's, it's something that people enjoy. But we're doing it tonight because we want the Lord to say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. We're going to look tonight in the book of Matthew, uh, and we're going to read a couple of verses, and then we're going to turn to the book of Luke. And several months ago, we began preaching here at the church on the miracles of Christ and uh, the, the miracles that he worked uh, in his earthly life. And, of course, that's not all the miracles he worked. The Bible says in the book of John that all, if all the works that he had done were recorded, 
that the books that would be written, the, the world couldn't contain those books. But we do know um, that uh, there's, there, you, there's debate, but as far as our own study, we found 37 miracles Christ worked, primary miracles while on earth. And we know that the Lord Jesus was a miracle-working God. And I'm thankful for that tonight. Uh, I do not believe in, in miracle workers as far as men go, but I do believe in a miracle-working God. And uh, we're going to look at one tonight in the book of Matthew, chapter number 8, and verse number 16. This is um, most of the commentators and ones that have written about these, uh, the, the, the Bible and, and commented on it. They don't give much attention to this, but we want to give it some attention tonight. And the Bible says in Matthew 8, in verse number 16, When the evening was come, when the evening was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils, and he cast out the spirits with his word, and healed all that were sick, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, Himself took our infirmities and bare our sickness. Let's pray again. Father, tonight we pray in Jesus' name that you might bless the reading, Lord, and now the preaching of thy word. Father, we pray that, Lord, you would take this word that you've given to us, and, Lord, that you would help us as we attempt to communicate it to those that are watching tonight and listening. And I pray, God, that the Spirit of God would go and meet with those that are gathered right now in their homes and, Lord, around their phones and televisions and computers. And I pray, God, for a moment you'd speak to all of our hearts. Lord, I thank you tonight that you are a miracle-working God. And, Lord, I'm thankful that in the midst of this chaotic world we live, that we have a God in heaven, Lord, that can still perform great and mighty things for his people. And I pray, Lord, tonight you'd help me, your servant, to preach your word, Lord, as, as you have written it. I pray that, Lord, I'd preach it as you'd have it to be preached. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Tonight, I want us to look here in the book of Matthew. And if you want to, uh, hold your place there. And I want us to look in verse number 16. And this phrase has stuck in my mind. I, I've had these, this, this text and these thoughts on my heart since uh, early part of the week. But this one phrase has really been in my mind and been in my heart. The Bible says in verse 16, in the latter part, and healed all that were sick. And healed all that were sick. And if the Lord will help me tonight, I want to preach on that thought. He healed all. He healed them all. You know tonight, the greatest doctors that man has ever known, the greatest physicians that were trained in the greatest universities and that went to the greatest schools and the men and, and women and I thank God for each and every one and especially those tonight that are dealing with this virus and are, are going in and trying to save the lives of these that have been torn by this uh, deadly virus I thank the Lord for them but even the greatest physicians and the greatest doctors could never say that they healed them all not one doctor has ever had a perfect record. Not one physician could stand at the end of their work, at the end of their career and say every single person that came to me and every single person that I treated, uh, every person that I put my hands on and I administered medicine to was healed. Every doctor would have to say, I've lost a few. 
and they could probably tell you. I had a great uncle, and, and, and he was a, a, a physician, and he, uh, he was a doctor in North Georgia in the mountains, and he was a well-known doctor and well-loved, and, 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 and I used to go in the summertime and, and sit and talk with him and work. I'd work for him, and he paid real good, so I liked going and working for him. And uh, we had sit and talk in the evening time, and, and, and he would not talk to me about the ones that he had, had helped and the ones that he had, uh, had he, that he had seen recover, but he would always remember the ones that he had lost, the ones that had died. But I'm glad tonight that if you were to sit down with the Lord Jesus Christ, he could not tell you of one case that he's ever lost. He could not tell you of one sickness that he could not cure. He would never tell you of one patient that he had to shake his head and say, I don't know what to do for you. But as Matthew recorded here, he healed all. He healed them all. And tonight, we all need to be healed. Uh, we all stand in need. And, uh, and again, I, I want us to look here. At the Bible says in Psalms 103 that, in verse 3, that who forgiveth all thine iniquities, and who healeth all thy diseases. Where we read in the book of Matthew, Jesus had come to Peter's house and had healed his mother-in-law. And it was in the evening time and the sun was beginning to set. And you understand in Bible times that when the sun began to set, the work was over. Uh, men would stable their horses and their oxen and they would feed them and they would put up their tools and uh, they would go home and they would rest and uh, their work was done. Uh, but I'm thankful tonight that when man was, was ending his work, uh, the Son of God was still working, even in the late night, in the evening time. And tonight, I want us to look, turn to Luke chapter 4 tonight, and I want us to look at that thought, he healed them all. The only hope for our nation tonight is not a vaccine, it's not a new medicine, it's not a cure for this virus. You see tonight, if they find a vaccine or a cure for this virus, there'll be another virus. If they find a cure for this plague, there'll be another plague. And tonight, uh, the truth of the matter is, uh, we stand in need of a healing that only Jesus Christ can give. Our nation tonight is sick, not of a virus. Our nation is weary, and our nation is dying, whether you realize it or not. Uh, the nation that once was vibrant, a growing, budding nation now has slowly began to die and to corrode within. But tonight I'm glad the same Jesus that healed them all, he can heal us all tonight. The same Jesus that took the sick and the afflicted and laid his hands on them and delivered them can deliver us tonight. In Luke chapter 4 and verse number 40, the Bible says, now when the sun was setting, all that had any sick with diverse diseases brought them unto him. And he laid hands on, he laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. And the devils also came out of many crying and saying, There is Christ, the Son of God. And he rebuked them, suffered them not, suffered them not to speak, for they knew that he was Christ. Tonight, quickly, I want us to look at several things. And the first is this. I want us to see in this text the multitudes with their problems. The multitudes with their problems. 
this was not a handful of people, but a great crowd of people. And uh, there, can you see them as they standing outside the door of Simon Peter's house? They're standing there looking at the Lord Jesus Christ in that crowd, in that multitude of people. There were many problems. The Bible says uh, that they were sick and they were, they were oppressed and some even were possessed by devils. You see, these pre people had two problems. The first one is they had a sickness problem. The Bible says they had diverse diseases. Uh, that means various diseases or a wide range of diseases. And you understand tonight that even though everyone in that crowd had a different disease, uh, some suffered from maybe immune uh, disease and some uh, were suffering from some other types of diseases. But all of those diseases were doing one thing. They were killing those people. Uh, those diseases, even though they were all different, they all ended the same way in death. And tonight in America, in the world, uh, there's a sickness problem. Uh, you see tonight the, the problem. You say, what is it tonight? Uh, what's causing us to be sick tonight? It's called sin. The Bible says in Ezekiel 18, 4, the soul that sinneth, it shall die. Romans 5, 12, wherefore, as by one man sinneth entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Did you know tonight that sin is a terrible sickness? Did you know tonight it's highly contagious? Did you know tonight that sin, uh, there's no immunity to it. Uh, no matter how much you're exposed to it, you never become immune to it. It doesn't matter how long you go to church. It doesn't matter how many times you read your Bible. Uh, it doesn't matter how many hours you spend in prayer. Uh, every one of us tonight are vulnerable to sin and the sickness of sin. But you know tonight you cannot quarantine yourself and keep from getting it. In fact, tonight, you're not safe at home when it comes to sin. Sin has touched the hearts and the, and the lives of every single person from the very first man and the very first woman, Adam and Eve. And it'll touch every person to the very last one that ever lives on this earth. And tonight, the multitudes, as I look at them, I, I'm reminded of the multitudes in our country and, and the multitudes in our community, of the multitudes in our nation, uh, listen, that are sin sick. Uh, they've got a disease and they don't know what to do. Uh, all around us tonight, uh, even here where we are, uh, there's men and women that are dying from sin. And some of them, they don't even realize it. They said that one of the most dangerous things about this virus is that most people that have it, they never even realize they've got it. And the whole time they're going around, uh, they're spreading it to other people and they're not even, they don't even realize they are. And did you know tonight uh, that the sinner is never aware of their sin until they're convicted by the Spirit of God. And people tonight are walking around and they're infected by sin and they don't even realize it. Oh, but I'm glad tonight uh, that he can heal them all tonight. Uh, there's just one remedy uh, for the sins of man and that's the blood of Jesus Christ. First John 1 9 it says the blood of Jesus Christ first John 1 7 the blood of Jesus Christ his son cleanses us from all sin their sickness problem but they had a spiritual problem 
It said in verse 41, and devils, and devils. These were people who had become possessed by evil spirits. Now, these spirits influenced their thoughts and their actions. And, it, and they manifested their presence through the bodies of those in whom they dwelt. And this was a problem in Jesus' day. And I want to submit to you at the, at the risk of being called crazy, I really don't care, that it's still a problem in our day. And in our generation, in our world, we've learned to label it with different terms and different things. And we've tried to give everybody a, a, a different title to their problem that we call it. But I believe tonight that the very devils that were inhabiting people then are still inhabiting people now. When I see the multitudes tonight, as you look on that crowd that gathered at the door where Jesus was, there was a sickness problem, but there was a spiritual problem as well. In that crowd, there were men and women whose thoughts and their minds and their hearts were controlled by evil spirits that were cut, that come from the pits of hell. And tonight, we're living in a world that's got people that are in control that are being moved and directed by the very same evil spirits. The Bible said in Ephesians 6, 12, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rules of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. You see, this virus has been labeled by our president, our president the invisible enemy. And the truth of the matter is, you can't see it. You may look at someone and think they're fine. They may not have a fever. They may not have a cough or a sore throat or a headache. But in their system, in their, in their body, that germ is there. And the whole time, everyone they touch and everyone they breathe on and they come in contact with is infected and affected by that disease. But I want to tell you tonight, there's another invisible enemy tonight. And that's the prince of the power of, this, of the air. That's the devil. That's the roaring lion, the Bible says, who walketh about seeking whom he may devour. It's the accuser of the brethren. It's old Lucifer. It's the devil himself tonight. Uh, listen, we've got a spiritual problem uh, in this country tonight. Uh, there's no way that a man or a woman in their right mind uh, can look you in the eye and say it's okay uh, to kill an unborn child. Uh, there's no way in the world uh, that a man or a woman can look you in the eye in their right mind and say it's all right uh, for a baby to be born alive and to let it die on a hospital bed. Because a mama said they didn't want it. I say that's a spiritual problem. It's a spiritual problem. And tonight when I think of the multitudes and their problems, I'm thankful he can heal them all. The Bible says in verse 40, and it says, All they that had any sick with diverse diseases brought them unto him. So not only do we see the multitudes with their problems, but quickly tonight, I want us to see the men with passion. The men or the, the, the men with passion or the many with passion. I mean, here the Bible says, you say, what was their passion? That word passion means love or concern. That there was people who, who, were, who were concerned, who, 
who they looked around and they saw their mamas and they saw their daddies and they saw their brothers and sisters and, and some of them saw their children and their friends and neighbors and they had heard, they had heard of what Jesus had done. And they had heard what he did in the temple in the synagogue with a man full of the devil. And they had heard what Jesus had done to Mary, uh, Peter's mother-in-law and they looked at their loved ones and they said, I've got to take them to Jesus Christ. No, tonight I thank the Lord for the ones that brought me to Jesus Christ. It wasn't just one. There were many people that God used in my life to bring me to the Lord Jesus Christ. And tonight, I want to say that you and I will never be involved in a greater work than the work of bringing men and women to Jesus Christ. The Bible said in 2 Corinthians 5 that he's given to us the ministry of reconciliation. He's given us the word of reconciliation. But not only the word, what is the word of reconciliation? That's the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's the gospel of Jesus Christ. But he's also given us the work of reconciliation, the ministry of reconciliation. And every one of us tonight should be trying our best to bring men and women to Jesus Christ. They brought them unto him. They had unusual compassion. There's no greater demonstration of love to another person than to take them to Jesus Christ. Don't tell me you love your friend or your neighbor or your family member tonight when you look at them and you know they're sick and you refuse to take them to the Lord. They had unusual compassion, but they had unusual commitment. It was in the evening time. You understand, in the evening time, it got dangerous. When the sun set in those days and times, it was dangerous. There were thieves and, and robbers that would hang out in the highways and hedges, and they would wait on people that maybe they had stayed out too long and gotten too far away, and they would take them. We read about them in the Bible, uh, about people that were robbed and, and, and beaten because they were out in a dangerous place. And these men that brought these people to Jesus had unusual compassion but they had unusual commitment. They were willing to brave the darkness of night to take their, their loved ones to Christ. And tonight, if we're going to bring people to Christ, we must have an unusual commitment. We must be willing to, to, to go out in the darkness of the night. The world that we live in is a dark and a dangerous world. Oh, listen tonight, if we go and try to bring people to Christ, we know that there's risk involved. We know that it could cost us our very life tonight. But how can we watch them die tonight? How can we sit and watch the devil torment their life and not have concern and compassion and have commitment? There's unusual confidence. They had faith in the Lord. And how did they demonstrate their faith? They demonstrated their faith by bringing those they loved to him. He was the only one that could help them. Tonight, quickly, the, 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 the proper place for all of our problems is the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ. The men with passion, the multitudes with problems, but quickly the master and his power. The Bible says in Luke 4, verse 40, he laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. And the devils and devils also came out of many. We see the master in his power. Jesus said in Matthew 28, all power is given unto me. 
And oh, listen tonight, people want us to believe that our Savior is some weak, feeble, uh, little, uh, uh, soft-spoken Savior, but tonight He's not weak nor feeble. He's strong and mighty, and He's got power, and He doesn't just have some power. He's got all power. He's got all power tonight. And here Jesus rolls up His sleeves, and flexes His mighty arms and demonstrates his great power. Uh, listen, in this situation we're in, uh, it's almost like we're powerless. Uh, what can we do? Uh, how can we? What? Why are we? How are we supposed to handle this? I mean, sometimes I don't know about you, but I feel I feel so small and so uh, 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 weak and unable to help. But tonight I'm glad that uh, we've got a strong Savior who can help and show His power to you and to I. He said, "All power." The master and his power. He had power over the diseases. And we see how he touched them. In verse 40 it said he laid his hands on everyone. And healed them. Did you know tonight that only the God who made man can mend man. And Jesus, he could have just spoke to them. He could have, he could have stayed, but the Bible says he touched them. No, tonight, can you imagine those that were sick with disease? And maybe they had fevers and, and aches and pains and, and, and different problems and they laid there. And the Bible said he laid his hands on them all. He laid his hands on them all. And oh, tonight the same hands that reached down and took the dust of the ground and made man. And the, and the same hands that put the stars in the sky. And the same hands that carved out the mighty oceans and rivers and, and molded the mountains in their place tonight. And that same hand was the one that touched them and delivered them from their disease. And those very hands were the hands that, that were going to be pierced by those Roman soldiers and nailed to a rugged cross. And tonight, I want you to know that that same hand tonight, he can still touch you if you need it tonight. None of us are ever out of arm's reach of the Savior. Over disease, how he touched them. I ask you tonight, do you need a touch from the Lord? I thank God for the times in my life where he's touched me. I'm not talking about some outer body experience. I'm not talking about seeing some vision or some signs. But I mean times where, at times where I needed him to touch me and, and put his hands on me. I can remember as a little child uh, the tenderness and the, and the comfort of the touch of my father and my mother. I can remember the hands of my daddy that he worked hard and was a hard working man. And, and those rough calloused hands to some that may have been rough and, 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 and uh, uh, uncomfortable, but for me as a little boy, I'm glad I can remember the, the, the touch of my daddy's hand. But tonight, I'm glad I can tell you about the touch of the Lord's hand. And there's been times where I was afraid and I was tired and weak, but the Lord touched me and put his hands upon me over diseases, how he touched them, over the devils. We see what he told them. Matthew 8, in verse 16, it says, by his word, by his word. Jesus always used his word when dealing with the devil. In the book of Matthew, chapter 4, the temptation of Christ, the Bible says that the devil tempted Christ three times, and three times Jesus responded, it is written. It is written. 
And so you say, Brother James, how is that applicable to us tonight? How is that pertaining to my life? Here it is tonight. If you're sick tonight, and I don't mean uh, sin sick, and I, I mean if you got a, if you have physical weakness tonight, if you need, if you have a need tonight, maybe it's mental, emotional, spiritual. But if you are sick of sin tonight, not only can He touch you tonight and help you, uh, but you need to remember what He told the devil: His word, His word. The same word of God that gave Jesus victory in the wilderness can give you and I victory tonight. We can have victory over the devil through the power of Christ's word. I'm thankful tonight the word of God's not bound, Paul said in the letter to Timothy. He said the word of God's not bound. And tonight the word of God still has power. This old Bible that I look upon tonight has stood the test of time. At this sacred book of, of God's divine at revelation of man. At this inspired, infallible, impeccable, inerrant book that God has preserved tonight. I'm thankful tonight. I've still got a book I can hold on to. And when the devil comes and tries to tempt me, I can overcome him by the power of Christ's word. Christ's word. And oh, listen tonight. I thank God that he healed them all. When we see the master in his power, verse 42, I'm trying to hurry. We see the ministry of prayer. The Bible says, and when it was day, he departed and went to a desert place, and the people sought him. And the Bible says in Mark that he went there to a solitary place to pray, to pray. The ministry of prayer. Right now, we are limited in what we can do as far as ministry goes. I would love to go visit and speak to folks right now. I'd love to be able to sit on their couch and talk to them. I'd love to be able to go to the funeral home and, and to try to give an encouraging word. I'd love to be able to go to the hospitals and help those that are alone and are afraid tonight. But tonight we're limited in, in our ministry and what we can do. But I want you to know tonight the ministry of prayer tonight is a, is a limitless ministry. It cannot be limited. It cannot be restrained. And Jesus got up early in the morning and he went to a solitary place. We see the priority of prayer in his life. He got up early before the sun ever came up. We know that he was working after the sun went down. And before the sun ever come up, he got up and went out to pray. And today I ask you this, what kind of priority is prayer in your life? If Jesus thought it was needful to pray, then shouldn't you and I? The place of prayer, he went to a solitary place, a quiet place, an alone place. Tonight, every one of us needs to have a place of prayer. It could be in your car on the way to work. It could be in your closet. It could be outside your home. It could be in your garage. It could be in the backyard. It might be in a kid's uh, playhouse. It might be in a, I mean, who, wherever it is. It might be a pine thicket or, or whatever tonight. But every child of God needs to have them a place where they go and they talk to God and they cry out to God. And listen, Jesus thought it needful to go and to find him a place of prayer. And listen tonight, if Jesus needed a place of prayer, how much more do we need a place of prayer? I ask you tonight, do you have a place of prayer? If I were to come to you tonight and say, take me and show me where you pray, could you show me? So I ask you tonight, 
if you don't have a place of prayer, would you take a challenge? Would you find you a place of prayer? Jesus was a praying man. He was a praying Savior. The purpose of prayer, he needed to spend time with his Father. And if the Son of God needed to spend time with his Father, so do we. The ministry of prayer. But verse 43, and we're done. He says, and he said unto them, I must preach. I must preach the kingdom of God to other cities also. For therefore am I sent. He said, I must preach. So we mentioned the men or the multitudes with their problems, the men with passion, the master with power, the ministry of prayer. But in verse 43, and I'm done, just a moment, I want to preach on what, he, what we learn here about the must, the must of preaching, the must of preaching. Jesus said, I must preach. These people were wanting him to stay with them, and, and, and understandably so. I mean, understandably so. After what they had seen him do and after what they had heard him say, the miracles that they had beheld, the works that they had seen him do, they said, oh, we want him to stay here and to preach and teach in our synagogues. And they, I can imagine them thinking, hey, we need him around here for when somebody else gets sick or when somebody else has a problem. And Jesus said, I'd love to stay here. But he said, I must preach the, the kingdom of God in other cities also. You see, tonight preaching is downplayed tonight by many. But God has always placed a premium on preaching. The must of preaching. Do you know tonight you need preaching? Did you know tonight I need preaching? I'm not talking about I need to preach. I need to hear it myself. God has authorized and ordained preaching, the preaching of the word, the declaration of God's word, the foretell, the foretelling of God's word, the authoritative uh, uh, reading and interpreting and applying of the word of God, line upon line, uh, precept upon precept, word by word, verse by verse, chapter by chapter, Jesus said, I must preach. And listen tonight. There's a must of preaching tonight. There's a must of preaching. I want to say I thank God for all the preachers tonight. In my study this afternoon, I watched the dozens of my brethren, preacher friends all across the country that were standing in front of empty buildings and preaching their heart out. And I know you think we're crazy tonight. That's fine. That's fine. The Bible, Paul said we're fools for Christ, and that's what we are. But I thank God for every man that stood up and has preached. You say, why are y'all doing that? Because there's a must of preaching. There's a must of preaching. People have deemed what we're doing is non-essential. But the Bible says in Matthew 4 and verse 4, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Preaching. The must of preaching. Quickly tonight, the constraint of his preaching, he said, I must, I must. Being silent was not an option. He said, I must, I must. Oh, and listen tonight, I thought about Paul in Romans chapter 1, we said, I am ready to preach to them that are at Rome also. And oh, listen tonight, the must of preaching, the constraint of preaching, 
No, tonight, that when I was dealing with the Lord and trying to, I was wrestling with my call. I remember, I remember talking to my preacher, Brother Willard Thomas. He's in heaven tonight. And I asked him, how do I know if I'm called? And he said, James, if you can go without it, you've never been called. He said, but if there's something in you that tells you you've got to do it and there's no other option, he said, then you're called. What he was telling me is, he was talking about that constraint, the master preaching, the master preaching, 1 Corinthians 1 and verse 21, it says it pleased God by the fullness of preaching to save them that believe. Romans 10, 14, how then shall they call on him and who they've not believed? And how shall they believe on him and who they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah saith, Lord, who have believed our report, so then that faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God tonight. We can't live without preaching, and I can't live without preaching myself. The must of preaching. You know why you need to be in a church? You need to hear preaching. The must of preaching. Staying at home is not an option. You can kill a turkey. You can kill a deer. You can catch a fish. You can ride a boat. You can go on a vacation. You can do all those things and die and go to hell. But tonight, what you need is you need the preaching of the Word of God. The must of preaching. Jesus said, I must preach. I must preach. People have looked and laughed and scorned and scoffed and said, look at those preachers, what are they doing? You know why we're doing this? Because we're constrained. There's a must on what we're doing. Listen to me. It's my, I believe tonight if I were to quit preaching, I'd die. Because that's why I'm here is to preach. And there's a must behind it. You see tonight, even if it means imprisonment, even if it means persecution, even if it means rejection by the world and, 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 and opposition from those that are in power and, and places above us tonight, if that's what it means, then that's what it means. If that's what it costs, that's what it costs. Well, listen tonight, we're in spiritual warfare. We're, we're in a battle tonight. And I want God to be pleased with me, the one that's chosen me to be a soldier. The constraint of his preaching, the consequences of his preaching. He says, I must preach the kingdom of God to other cities. Now, I, I wish I had the time to explain about the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, and all these the kingdoms in the Bible. But we understand the kingdom of God to be the eternal, invisible, spiritual kingdom of God. Jesus was speaking of eternal things. The only way a man or a woman can enter this kingdom is by the new birth, according to John chapter 3. Jesus was preaching. He said, why must he preach? Because of the consequences of preaching. He said, I must preach. And the reason he had to preach was not only the constraint, but the consequences of the preaching. Jesus, was, Jesus knew that there was eternal things in the balance. Jesus come from heaven. He came from eternity into time. And he spoke to men and women about eternal things. And tonight what we speak to you about is eternal things, everlasting things, things that must be told and preached. The consequences of preaching. You say, what are the consequences tonight? Here they are. How you respond 
through the word of God determines your eternal destiny. If you don't accept the word of God, I didn't say accept the preacher, but you better accept the word of God. You better accept what he's saying if it's the word of God. How you respond to the preaching of the word of God determines whether you go to heaven or hell when you die. And there's a lot of people tonight that are, they're making a lot of excuses why they don't want to get saved. But I want to say tonight, listen tonight, the preaching of the word of God. Why must I preach? Why must I preach? Why am I standing here tonight in the middle of Mayfield in Dublin, Kentucky in a country church on a Sunday night? Why am I preaching tonight? Because souls are in the balance. People are going to heaven or hell. And I know the word of God that's been put in my hands and the spirit of God that's in my heart and the power of God that's been put upon my life is here for one reason. It's to tell others about the kingdom of God and to beg them to come and to enter into his eternal kingdom. Consequences of preaching. The cause of his preaching. He says, therefore am I sent. Or therefore am I sent. The cause, why must he preach? The must preacher does the most because of the cause. Jesus did not come primarily to heal the sick or to cast out devils, but he come to preach the kingdom of God. Some men preach for money, others for fame and power, but a real man of God preaches because that's why he was sent. He says, therefore am I sent. Therefore am I sent. John 20 and verse 21. Jesus told those in the upper room, as my Father has sent me, even so send I you. Mark 16, 15, he said, go ye therefore and preach the gospel. Go ye therefore in all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. You say, what's your cause tonight? What's my cause tonight? My cause tonight is this. I believe with all my heart that for this reason God sent me into this world. I believe that on December 21st, 1982, in Northeast Georgia Medical Center, as Mary Martin and Jackie Martin stood there, and my mama brought me into this world, I believe when I took my first breath of air, God knew that one day those lungs and those lips and that heart was going to proclaim the gospel. I don't believe I was put here to make money or to be rich and famous, but I believe with all my heart I was sent to preach the gospel of the kingdom of God unto all those that God would allow me to come in contact with. The cause of preaching, therefore, am I sent. So tonight, if you say y'all can't preach, you may as well kill us because that's why we're here. That's why we're here. They locked Paul in prison, and you know what Paul did? He preached the kingdom of God. The Romans thought that they were going to lock him up and do away with him. But he says... He said that there were some in Caesar's household that he had reached. You want to know why? Because in that prison he preached. In the synagogues he preached. On Mars Hill he preached. Out in the midst of a raging sea, in the midst of a great storm, Acts 26, a great storm had come and all these men were ready to die. And old Paul stood up on the bow of that ship and he said, Sir, be of good cheer. For the God who I am and the who I serve. He stood by me this night. He stood by me this night. And he says there will not be a loss of any man. You know what Paul was doing? He was preaching the kingdom of God. And tonight you know what we're doing? We're preaching the kingdom of God. The mustard preacher. Jesus. He healed them all. Tonight 
I don't know what you need help with, but he can handle it. He can heal you all. I don't know whose homes I'm in right now speaking. I don't know whose phones I'm on. I don't know who all's listening to this message. But wherever you are, whoever you are, and whatever you have in your life, I want to tell you tonight, based on the word of God, he can heal you all. You say, but Brother Martin, I've got problems that I've dealt with my whole life. He can heal you all. But Brother James, I'm perplexed. He can heal you all. Brother James, I'm overwhelmed. He can heal you all. Brother James, I'm a sinner. I'm wicked. I'm vile. I've done wicked and evil things. He can heal you all. But Brother James, you don't under- I don't have to understand. He can heal you all. He heals them all. Father, we thank you for this evening. May you bless the reading and the preaching of thy word. Oh, God, I thank you for putting breath in my lungs and life in my heart that I might stand again and open the sacred word and declare it to those that listen. Help us all, Father God, to follow the example left by your precious Son on this earth. Help us to reach out to those in need, those that are sick and weary, those that are oppressed by the devil, and help us have enough compassion to bring them to Christ. Lord, we love you tonight. I pray you'd watch over us all. Be with those tonight that are sick and are weary. Touch them in a special way. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.